Hello, fabulous listeners. Thanks for tuning in to All Bodies Outside. This is your host, Brian Peterson. This episode's guest is Michael Jospe. He is the founder and CEO of the Earth-Based Institute, which is a global leadership development organization dedicated to supporting personal growth and discovery and to helping people with nature connection. Michael, it's great to have you on Old Bodies Outside. Yeah, thanks, Brian. I really, I really appreciate you inviting me here. Yeah, I, you know, I was trying to think back how I came across the Earth Based Institute. And I think that I was, I, earlier this spring, I was reading one of Dr. Joe Dispenza's books, um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And I think I was thinking about that book, but also thinking about nature. And somehow I scrolled across the Earth Based Institute, saw that you were oh, the founder cool. and CEO. And I was like, gosh, like Michael's up to some great stuff. Well, that's neat that you put those two together because that's exactly, you know, the the combination of thinking that was going on in my mind when I started EBI. Okay, nice. Well, I have, well, we need to thank my wife then because my wife passed me that book. She had read it twice um, and I, I didn't even know that she had read it twice and she passed it to me um, and said, Brian, you're, you're a little stressed. Why don't you read Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself? And it, it was profound for me. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, well, we we encourage all of our students to read it too because I think it it really um, it just it's got some really important steps in it for sure, really important pieces of information for people to wrap their head around in terms of what change really means. And it, it empowered me too. Like I didn't know I had the power to change myself like that. Mm. Yeah, right on. So why don't we jump into our, our conversation about when we're going to go by EBI after this, the Earth-Based Institute, or we can say Earth-Based Institute, but I want to hear about um, how did you enter into the field of personal growth and nature connection that kind of ended up being the foundation for the Earth-Based Institute? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I think really for me, this, it really began um when I graduated high school and I had the opportunity before I started to go to college, I had the opportunity to do a Knowles course through the uh, Knowles is the national outdoor leadership school. And um, I did a 30 day backpacking trip in Alaska. And it was really the first time I had ever done anything like that in my life. Um, I had had some, nature and wilderness type experiences and, um, and so forth. But, you know, I wasn't, um, I, you know, I hadn't really dove into any kind of self-discovery very much, you know, was, had a, had a difficult upbringing and, um, and, and so, you know, nature started to become a place of self-reflection for me, but on this, um, Knowles course, you know, I didn't really realize the impact that being in the wilderness had until I got back home from that experience. After 30 days of being in the wilderness, you know, it was like all my senses were turned on. It was like I looked at myself in a totally different way. People saw me in a different way. I just felt different all around. And at 18 or 17 years old, you know, I was like, what the heck happened out there? 
in the wilderness that would cause that, you know, what would cause my shift like that in my perceptions? And um, I became really interested in that. And I actually became even more interested in it as when I started to lose that state, when, when that started to kind of fade out, that even became even more curious to me of like, well, what, how come I'm going back into my old way of being, you know? And, um, you know, I've, I've started to learn that, that, that there's that, this concept called the wilderness high, that after about 72 hours of being out in the wilderness, in a wilderness location like that, your nervous system starts to entrain with that environment. So you begin to, you know, begin to almost, you know, create a slower brainwave frequency that is more harmonious to the environment that you're in like that. It's not, it's not something that you are, um, you know, totally in control of unless you're aware of it. You, your nervous system is just going to harmonize like that to whatever environment you're in. And, um, and so just being out, right? Knowles, the Knowles experience is not a therapeutic kind of experience, at least when I did it. There was no like, hey, how are you feeling today about your experience? And there's no processing that would happen around these experiences other than teaching you leadership type skills, right? So all of these changes were happening kind of under the radar, not in any sort of facilitated way. And that was really fascinating to me as I, as I started to dig more into this prof process of self-discovery and consciousness and all of that kind of stuff, which, um, you know, became a huge passion for me. But, um, you know, the questions that I really started to ask was like, you know, how can we, is there any way that we can harness that? that change that happens in the wilderness? Like, can, and can we accelerate it in some way? Do we have to wait for 72 hours for that to happen, right? Can we, can we move that state of connection quicker? Can we choose that whenever we want? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and, and then, you know, how do we work with that integration of a big event like that? It doesn't just have to be nature, but it could be, I mean, some of my first clients were, you know, um, teenagers or young adults that had something significant like that, have a Knowles course or wilderness therapy or world travel or something like that, where they came home and their minds were blown, right? They're like, oh my gosh, I'm a different person now. So how do we integrate that into the life that hasn't changed while you were gone, right? Like you've changed, but everyone else is still the same. <laughs> You know, right. since you were gone. And that's exactly what I experienced when I came back from Knowles. You know, all my friends were doing the same thing. My family's dynamic was the same, but I felt totally different. And I didn't have any support in how to integrate that back into my life. So that became something that was really important to me. Um, and then, uh, you know, in and out of college uh, for a while and um, started to connect and really um, fall in love with the teachings of Tom Brown Jr. Um, from the Tracker School. And he wrote a book called The Tracker um, back in the early 70s. And uh, when I read that book, it was a story of his childhood and um, 
being mentored by an Apache scout, an Apache, um, you know, uh, a scout. You can you can think of stories. It's not quite the same, but you can think of stories of like Geronimo or something like that, where an Apache scout um, was a, an incredibly highly aware, um, connected individual to nature, very self-sufficient master in wilderness survival master in tracking and um and uh and living closely with the earth um on kind of all levels physical mental spiritual and um and i became you know when i was about 19 years old i started really digging into that that's was what i wanted to really learn and really understand and i still to this day um study with tom and um, so he's a huge influence in, in my life. And um, one of his students um, is a man by the name of John Young, who's also a pretty well-known educator in this world of nature connection. In fact, John wrote a book called The Coyote's Guide to Nature Connection that is really you know, an accumulation of trying to deeply understand how Tom Brown taught him to be so deeply connected to nature. How did, how did Tom learn from his teacher, Stocking Wolf? And how do indigenous communities in general create a deep state of nature connection within their communities? And so um, John's work is fascinating. He's a, he's a wonderful teacher. And um, I got to spend some some time with John and really dig into understanding nature awareness and nature and animal tracking and so forth with him. Um, but these, these men, these, these influences on my life really um, started to show me that there was a deeper relationship, a deeper communication that was happening with nature that was natural. This was something that was like our, um, it was the way that I discovered it or was taught it. it was like, this is your birthright. This is how to walk in relationship with nature. And, <clears throat> um, and so doing that, you know, you're, you're, you're connected on all levels. You're connected on an emotional level. You're, you're processing, you're thinking about your life, how to be a better person on this planet. Um, how to have more influence and inspire people to to be connected to nature, um, to be connected to themselves, to be in better relationships with themselves, relationships with the environment. So that was a, a fundamental background for me. And when I decided to go back to college, I went to college at the University uh, or uh, Western State Colorado University. It wasn't a university at the time um, in Gunnison, Colorado. And I get to my degree in um, outdoor recreation leadership. So I was learning again, like how to take people into the wilderness. Like how do you take them backpacking, rafting, backcountry skiing, you know, wonderful stuff. Loved it. Like I couldn't believe there was an out, there was a degree in that, that I could go to school for that. That was the greatest thing. Um, but again, nobody was talking about what was actually happening to you through those events, you know, like, it was clear to me that as my you know, friend was rock climbing, he was going through a process in his mind. There was something about that climb that was directly related to his, whatever was going on in his life. You know, he was working something out 
on that rock. Or there is something about the river and the effect that the river would have on a group or an individual that we it wasn't really explored in the depth that I was starting to be, that I was really curious about and was kind of like shown through Tom and John was like, you know, there's, there's a deeper communication that's happening here. And all you got to do is kind of turn that switch on and be in that state of conversation. You're going to learn a tremendous amount. You're, you're going to grow and you're going to heal through that. And, you know, and that really started to kind of, you know, I made these connections around adventure and adventure experiences and, and, um, and personal transformation like that and started to really see that, you know, one of the, you know, the, one of the biggest needs that I see in, in humanity is healing ourselves, is healing trauma, healing our relationship to ourselves, healing our relationship to each other and healing our relationship to the earth. And, um, and, and so, you know, that, that became like my purpose, really my vision, my mission is to support that in folks, um, support that, um, relationship, relationship to self, relationship to, to nature and relationship to others. Um, and so, you know, ended up going to graduate school to really study how to do that and developed a model for that kind of work with folks and started um, primarily working with, uh, like I mentioned before, people coming, having these major transitional experiences in their life and helping them integrate it into their life. That was kind of my first wave of kind of coaching work, if you will. Um, and I was also teaching courses for Western State and I was also teaching for Naropa University as they were starting their uh, wilderness therapy master's degree, I was I was part of um, helping them put together that original curriculum for um, integrating these wilderness environments into the therapy that the students were learning to be able to do the clinical therapy. And um, you know, during all that time, I started to see that there was a pretty clear difference between the clinical therapy that um, I was working within, within at Naropa, not as a clinical therapist, but seeing that training and that model was very different from the way that I was approaching nature. You know, for me, there's a big difference between sitting under a tree and talking about your life, which in and of itself has amazing potential because of just the effect nature has on us. But there's a big difference between that and inviting that tree to be part of that experience with you, where that tree becomes has meaning and message and information for you within that process that you're going in. So this more collaboration with the environment and that, so all of these different experiences really kind of inspired me to say, you know, I need to start my own thing here. And um, I had a group of students that I was training and teaching through Western state and, and some through the Naropa and um, they were asking me, will you teach me to do what you do? You know, because I was working with these individuals um, who were coming out of these programs. I was taking clients out into the wilderness for extended 
um, transformational experiences. And this group of students were like, this for me is the work that I want to be doing. Will you teach me how to do that? And so I started to, at that point, started to create um, the Nature Connected Coaching Program. So 2004, I, I started um, Earth-Based Institute and was primarily coaching. Over that course of time, I was also teaching different courses and so forth. And then 2008, I started training people more specifically in this kind of work, which I call Nature Connected Coaching. And um, it's accredited by both Western, you can get college um, credits or graduate level credits um, if you if you work with Western through that, but also um, it's accredited with the International Coach Federation. So um, it's a professional training and um, you get a certification from Earth-Based Institute, but you also are eligible and, you know, your your certification includes a international professional credential as a professional certified coach. So um, that's that's the history. That's how I got into it. And that's where I am right now. That's that's just amazing, Michael. There's gosh, there's so many tidbits on your your explanation that uh, that really resonated with me. And one of the things that I really like how you have a way of turning your curiosity into a very specific, concise question that you can then tackle. And it seems like that's really helped uh, with um, expanding and developing the Earth-Based Institute. And so earlier on in your explanation, you're giving questions about like, how do I harness injury, uh, nature? How do I harness nature? And, um, you know, leading to like, how do we collaborate with this tree? Like that was such a cool piece of your explanation. And I'm um, hearing about you going off to um, to Knowles as, as a youngster, uh, my stepson just got back two days ago from a month long, uh, wilderness camp in, uh, the boundary waters wilderness up in Northern Minnesota. Oh, wow. And he canoed into Canada. And so he is going into sixth yeah. grade next year. So he is starting to experience a lot of oh, this wow. stuff and he's starting to experience that, that yeah. re-entry and that re-entry effect that you talked yeah. about. That is not an isolated thing. I have talked about that with so many people. In fact, I had a prior guest on the podcast, this gentleman named Gordon Hempton, he wrote the book, One Square Inch of Silence. And he talked about how he took someone with him to go record the soundscape in the Amazon. And so he was saying, uh, the oh, Amazon, yeah, yeah, he's, he's famous. Like he, he's won an Emmy for his recordings. Um, uh, like he's, he's, he's yeah. been doing it for over four decades too. He's, he's really a, just a great guy and huge wealth of knowledge, wow. but, but he talked about and kind of light, lightly put terms that it's not so much about the Amazon, which is excited about exciting to go to the Amazon, but what about the Amazon, the Amazon? So like the, the emphasis on off when you go and re-entry <laughs> right. back into nature or back into the city, like you mentioned, yeah. like, oh my gosh, like I have felt profound changes in myself, a lot of this intangible stuff, but I'm not seeing it with my family. And so those questions that you brought up earlier in your explanation, that was also strongly resonating with me. And I was also thinking about how you mentioned, you know, after so long in nature, you really start to feel these effects. And I think I've also come across that with maybe in Desert Solitaire by Edward Abbey. I think he talked about like it takes him a number of days where he's been out in the wilderness where he's really starting to feel the effects mm. of it. And so anyways, one of your questions, how do you harness that? Gosh, I've never had that question before. What a great question to ask yourself and then to pursue yeah. and to help other people with that. Yeah, right on. 
Yeah, I think about, you know, you mentioned your your stepson and, you know, me going into the wilderness at 17 and, you know, 1992 or something like that, you know, um, totally different experience than a teenager or a tween going into the wilderness now. Yeah. I mean, the the dependency on technology, on phones, on, you know, social media, all that kind of stuff. I, that's a, that's another really interesting question right there is I would love to dig into talking to folks on, on at programs like that to see how long it takes for that to kind of unravel for people before they can really drop in. Does that make it longer? Does it make it, you know, 82 hours or something like that instead of 72 yeah. or is it still the same, you know, kind of, consistency my son um this week i'm taking him to a two-week-long wilderness camp very similar here in colorado um and you know I'm, I'm curious to see how he does how he you know um withdraws so to speak and and detaches from you know the dependency on on technology yeah you know, yeah and i think that's gotta have some sort of effect I think so. I, I'm sure with both camps, I know with my stepson's camp, immediately upon arrival, uh, they have to turn in their cell phones. They're allowed to have it on the bus drive up yeah. to, you know, kind of text family and say, you know, won't be talking. He left for yeah. a month, so I won't be talking to you for a month. But um, I think you're absolutely right. You know, like with technology comes different aspects, different differences in generations, right? There's different access yeah. to technology and whatnot. And that affects our experiences and something that's really interesting to explore and to study too. Um, so that's another great question yeah, that you posed. Yeah, 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 yeah. That well, you know, you asked about like how do you, you know, is it possible to, you know, to enhance that for people that that connection to nature? Can you can you accelerate it? Can you um, can you bring people into that place quicker? And um, you know, I I really do think that. Um, you know, practices like nature awareness type practices, meditations on your senses, um, where you are making the conscious decision to observe nature and as opposed to just sit outside in nature, right? There's that, there's that difference again of I can just be outside sitting under this tree versus I'm going to be in connection. I'm going to be in relationship. And the doorway into that with nature is through observation. So getting out of all of your thinking and, and processing mind and observing, noticing what's happening with the wind, what's happening with the birds, you know, what, what's going on around you. That That is a really sacred question to be asking of what is happening right now in my environment. And the, the more you ask that, the more you bring yourself into that question, the quicker um, you start to drop into that place of connection. And I don't have any like data on that in regards to like, are there brainwave frequency changes and so forth that quickly? I would love to be that sophisticated in my, in my work with my students here, but um, just seeing people drop into that state, right? And it's a very similar experience, very similar type of feeling that I was having 
was being able to get into that. Now, if you can get into that, if you can make it a practice for yourself to get into that state, you know, for 15, 20 minutes a day, once or twice a day, what, how does that compound into your life? And how does that start to have an effect over a longer period of time in your life? How does it shift your nervous system, your relationship to, to nature, your relationship to yourself? And I think we see this very similar kind of practices in, in all sorts of different cultures too, you know, um, just that idea of taking sacred time for yourself on a regular basis of reflecting, of connecting. But in, in, in this case, it's taking that time to connect with nature, connect with yourself, to, to open up your senses, to open up your, your, um, your awareness and, and feel. And that that's another kind of inroad right there is, is sensation and feeling, not so much emotion, but sensation and feeling. And, um, you know, is a tough that's a, another tough barrier or kind of roadblock for people to get over and around is to drop into a place of allowing themselves to feel something with nature. What what are you feeling and not having that become um, a major disturbance that takes you out of your place of connection, but then more into thinking and processing and, and so forth around what's going on. So there's time for both of those, but, you know, I really, I really feel that, that, you know, practicing those skills of nature awareness, um, can just take it, can take you there really quickly. And I think, like you mentioned, over the long term, doing it consistently once or twice a day um, seems like, yeah, you can really have that, you know, boosted nature awareness. Um, it sounds like from what you're describing, I know you said you don't have objective evidence and, you know, I don't know why you would, but it sure sounds like you're getting to a different type of brainwave for sure. Something like maybe an alpha state. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I am uh, thinking as well is that you know making the choice to shift into that awareness state is you're gonna you're gonna or into nature awareness like that you're gonna slow down your beta frequencies because your beta frequencies are, are focused more on processing and figuring something out so if you're not doing that if you're more in kind of an open observational state you're gonna you're gonna move slower your brainwave frequency is gonna move slower you're gonna be able to pick up and become aware of, of more that's happening around you. And one of the things that's really fascinating to me about all this, and I think this is something I really learned from Tom, is that you are aware of more than you can comprehend at any given time. You know, like you, the, just because you're, you are focused on something doesn't mean that your eyes aren't seeing everything else around you. It doesn't mean that your ears aren't hearing everything. It doesn't mean that you aren't making an internal map of your landscape. That all happens under the radar. That's all going on regardless of where your attention is. So when you begin to open up to more of a nature connection, you're starting to drop into paying attention to more of what you are naturally tracking and observing in nature. And it's fascinating 
when you be, take that concept and apply that with self-discovery. Yeah. Because if you understand and know how to um, collaborate with the environment to, to identify metaphors and symbols and messages for yourself that can help you interpret and, and answer questions that you have in your life or gain insight into things, then if you know how to do that and you also trust and realize that that person that you're working with or yourself is already aware of where those places are on the landscape because you're already tapped in. You're already natural as a human being, you're already naturally tapped into the environment. You already know where things are. If you, if you need to find water, you will find water. If you need to find food, you're going to figure out how to find food. Okay. And you're going to use all of the information that you've collected about your environment to be able to do that. All right. And that, you know, so and in some cases that might feel really natural, might be, feel really fluid and natural. And, um, and you can use that same concept in this idea of collaborating with nature to help develop self-awareness to, um, heal to grow and so forth is if you generate that level of need you know you will start to find the things that you are you, the answers that you're looking for so it's this idea that you know all the answers are already there out on the landscape all the answers are already within the client so from a nature connected coaching standpoint we're not telling anybody how to be we're helping them discover how to be themselves does that make sense and yeah. they're using um their relationship with nature to help them understand that a bit to help to, to help um understand themselves even more so using nature is going to lead to the self-discovery you're going to find some level of you know being, being more like yourself and where those roots are and maybe giving them some more focus. Yes. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's hard not to use, I use the word use a lot too, but what I really mean is collaborate with, Yeah. you know, nature is a living thing, you know, and you are nature, right? Your brain is nature. Your body is nature. The environment that you're in, I mean, even the technology that we're using right now is generated in on many different levels out of nature, the, from the genius that created it to, you know, the, the sand, soil, and water and sunlight that's in it all, right? I mean, so, um, you know, it's, it's about this idea instead of use, it's around collaborating with, collaborating with something and, um, and being able to, you know, help that client really identify what they already know inside. And nature on that end, when you're in that state of collaboration, nature becomes a mirror. When you shift into that place that I, you know, was kind of referring to earlier of nature connection and collaboration around your own personal discovery, you shift into a state that's very familiar to um, a 
for, to gestalt, gestalt psychotherapy, which um, kind of, you, you kind of move into this place where everything starts to have meaning around you. And your internal world then starts to become reflected on the landscape. It's mirrored back to you. So when you're working with somebody in that way, you're not just seeing the trees and the trail that they're walking down. You're actually looking, you're, you're seeing their internal landscape. They're experiencing, they're processing their internal wilderness through their experience on the land. And being able to do that is around asking the right questions. It's around creating that context for somebody to step in, kind of step into nature in that way of real self-discovery. How can I collaborate with this environment to learn more about this particular thing that's going on in my life? Gotcha. Gotcha. And so that collaboration to learn that particular thing that's going on in life and you have to, you're as a coach are training people to ask specific questions or maybe use certain tools to kind of pave that uh, connection. Yes. Yes. And, <clears throat> you know, this leads into something else that you brought up earlier um, was around this idea of a wilderness quest and yeah. wilderness questing is an ancient you know, pan-cultural experience of going and going out into the, the solitude of wilderness for an extended amount of time to discover more in some way, to learn, to heal, to grow. And there's all sorts of different kind of quests that you could do. You know, the more classic quests that most people are familiar with is like a, a vision quest to be able to connect with purpose and direction. But you can also go and, and quest for healing. You can quest for other people's healings. You can quest for, um, you know, personal direction and so forth. Okay, so all sorts of different ways that one might quest. Um, but this idea of a quest and going, and going into that space of um, interaction with nature like that, is typically in, in, in not all the time, but kind of the classic model of that is that is a four day wilderness solo where you are fasting from food and you are fasting from many other aspects of your life. Okay. So fasting from technology. In fact, you try to bring as minimum stuff with you out on that experience, you know, like maybe it would just be a tarp that you would bring and you're more exposed to the elements. You're more exposed to, um, you know, what's going on in nature and, um, and then fasting, of course, that's a whole nother subject right there of the physiology and the spirituality and so forth that's connected to fasting. But I mean, that's, that's a huge part of this whole experience. Something people have been doing for, for forever is that idea uh, or that process of fasting. But typically those, those quests, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because this highlights how you get somebody into this place of self-discovery. And then and, instead of the person being solo on the quest, 
you're with them as the guide. <laughs> okay. So oh. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of share that. All right. So with the quest, you've got three parts to this. You've got a kind of a beginning, which is really focused on preparation and organizing and setting a very clear intention for yourself. And then you've got what is that middle stage of this, which is typically that solo experience. Okay. Where you are kind of leaving the, the old self behind and moving in to a place of unknown experience so you can learn un, you know, in an unfiltered kind of a way, right? So that beginning piece is really about trying to move beyond the old stories of our life so you can go in to a fresh new experience with a, with a, with a, a, a sense of um, openness, and unknown. So, so much happens in the unknown. And you were mentioning Joe Dispenza and he talks a ton about the power of the unknown in, in, in brain changes and, and changing um, self-perceptions and so forth. So that um, going into that unknown and then you've got your return on the other end of that, how you're going to take that experience and bring that back into your life. You know, essentially, you know, from the, from the vision quest, how will you live your vision now? You know, and your everyone is always faced on that return, always faced with the fact that the old dynamics, the old patterns of life haven't changed just because you were out in the wilderness doing all this changing, all that hasn't changed. You've got to somehow take this new person and bring it in to the life that was already there and integrate that in and start to invite um, a new way of interacting with your environment. And the so from the coaching perspective, we take that same idea with, with Nature Connected Coaching and we shrink that down into like an hour and a half long session. OK, so we still go through this process of preparing somebody to go into an encounter with nature and then learn from that encounter and bring that back into their life. And um, we use, you know, all the competencies and, and tools of professional coaching and, and wilderness guiding and, and so forth to help us navigate through those different stages. But then when you're in that kind of unknown experiential encounter, then we start to tap into um, tools like gestalt therapy and, and parts work and um, tracking and, and more interactive psychodrama or um, uh, role playing or just more experiential, experimental type tools to help um, create more discovery, but also to really empower that um that new way of being but practice it rehearse it in a safe container and then you have more in your toolbox you got more resource when you go back into your day-to-day -day. okay so um that's kind of the premise of how these things get the this this coaching works and how that gets set up yeah michael that was a really great explanation off of and, and rooted in that 
concept of the wilderness quest, which is something that I've guided for, for many, many years. As long as I've had EVI, I've, I've, um, guided quests and we got, we still guide them, you know, wow. once or twice a year here through EVI. Yeah. Wow. Michael, that's, that's really impressive. Ultimate, I think like the ultimate experience, it sure sounds like it. It sure sounds like, it. I think one of the things that I love that you really, really hammered home was the integration back into a society that hasn't changed. The people around you haven't changed, but sure you have absolutely changed. But how do you empower that change to continue on once you integrate and, you know, whether it's being doing some role playing, uh, you know, some imaginary uh, stuff to help them integrate. I love that you gave them that you give them tools and resources for the integration, which I could see that being a place where people kind of maybe falter if they're not effectively trained. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll say it's probably one of the downfalls of, of the whole transformational industry is the 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 failure to help integration around change you know one of the things that i really think about with um with this process is that one change can't happen unless the brain changes okay like the the brain has to change in order for you to experience change and in order to change the brain on in a in a very permanent way requires a deep connect deep deep commitment to practicing that and changing that. And Joe Dispenza teaches that over and over, right? So, um, but the other thing too, is that, uh, you know, we go to retreats, yoga retreats or meditation retreats or, or these powerful experiences that we have. And we think that something's changed in that, but really what we're in was we're in that middle stage of that ceremony, you know, we're in that kind of threshold experience where, um, you're in the unknown. You've left behind your old life and now you're in this, in this new experience that you're having and you have what's called an aha moment or you have a, it's a peak experience. And I look at it as a peak, like a, a mountain peak, right? But also a peak into something. I, I remember ah. reading that. I pulled that when I was in my graduate studies. I pulled that from uh, Ken Wilber. Um, I was re studying Ken Wilber's work, and he often talked about the P-E-A-K and the P-E-E-K experience. And I love that because that's exactly what it is. It's like you get this peek into something, right? You, 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 you see what's possible. You feel what's possible. But, the, but that's not transformation. That is not transformation. That's an opportunity. The transformation happens when you go back home. Yeah. If your transformation is change, I'm going to change. I'm going to transform my life. That peak experience is the opportunity. Then it's your job. It's your, it's your commitment. It's your practice. It's your dedication to saying that is the person that I want to be now in my life. And now I'm going to integrate that into my life. I'm going to do whatever it takes to integrate that into my life because this is really who I am. Yeah. And, I, and I think for the most part that gets overlooked, right? People are more addicted to the, the, the peak experience and, and then they go home and they go, Oh man, you know, my life is back the way it was. So I got to go on another retreat 
and I got to keep, I got to keep doing this over and over and over in order, you know, or, you know, continue these, 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 uh, processes that I'm doing, but they're not integrating it into their life. They're just continuing to have these peak experiences over and over. Now that's going to account for something, you know, but, um, it's, it is, um, it is something that is, is absolutely essential. I think it's a disservice to your students, to your clients, to your participants to not help them incorporate that experience into their life. I mean, why, why would you create that opportunity for somebody in the first place if you didn't think it could change their life, you know? And so you got to help them integrate that into their life. And this is where one of the places where that's where I, how I started coaching, right? Was I saw that as a huge opportunity within the world of wilderness therapy and wilderness therapy now does a pretty you know, they have quite a bit of that integrated into their programming now, but that, that was, that's a, that's a big opportunity. I mean, I tell my students all the time, go partner up with like one of these, you know, high-end yoga retreats or, you know, programs or organizations that are um, offering these, you know, transformation retreats over and over and over and say, Hey, I'll, I'll make you guys look awesome by you letting me take some of your participants and helping them integrate that experience into their life, they'll be raving about how important it is for them to, for people to go to that program, you know, because it changed their life and here's how it changed my life. And here's how I integrated that back into my life. And here's how that affected my family. Here's how that affected, um, you know, my community and my work and all of that kind of stuff. That's what the world needs. You know, is that kind of healing, that kind of growth, that kind of commitment. Yeah, Michael, I think that last word you said there, that commitment, that consistency, that practice is so important. And um, so one thing that I, I did not mention to you earlier on our, during our pre-recording conversation, and I'm feeling so inspired right now, so I got to mention this. Um, so my wife leads yoga retreats, and she actually has a couple coming up in the next year and a half. She's got one down in Costa Rica, one down in Panama. And you're absolutely correct. The commitment to long-term consistency and practice of, you know, integrating that person that you want to be into your daily life. That is so yes. important. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I, it's, it's such a wonderful service that people are creating these retreats. Yeah. I mean, it gives people the opportunity to see what is truly possible in their lives, you know, but no matter what, like, you know, even with the, the nature connected coaching and the, the amount of work that we put in around this incorporation or the questing or whatever it is, it's like that incorporation process always gets pinched a little bit. It's really mm -hmm. hard as a facilitator, as an organization to, to, to make that happen and to create that, you know, like to almost, um, expect in some way or, um, invite your participants to sign up for that. Like this process doesn't, isn't actually over when you leave. It really just begins. Right. So, you know, here's how we're going to help you continue that. I think that that's, you know, 
it's something that just, it always, always gets cut short. Even, even when I'm working with my clients, I find myself going, oh, geez, I only have 15 minutes to help them integrate that into their, into their life now, yeah. you know, and um, I know I'm going to see them again, but you know, I want, you know, so you try to figure out like, how can I give, how can I take more time into that? Because I think it's probably the most important piece. And if you can really help them identify why they're, having this experience, you know, on the front end of it and really get super clear about that, that peak experience can happen really fast. That aha, that connection, you can have that in five minutes. Um, and when you move into that kind of more experiential state, that can happen extremely fast. Um, and, and then you can have more space and more time to really um, help someone create a plan. And this is where like, you know, classic coaching really comes in, you know, goals, plans, steps, actions, that kind of thing. But the difference between what we're doing with nature connected coaching and kind of your classic everyday coaching process is that we're not talking about, you know, what is your to-do list? We're more interested in who is the person that's going to do that to-do list. Right. Who is the new self that's going to do those mm. things? So you're you know, you're kind of oh, I got to remember to clean the closet and call this person and do all this kind of stuff. That's great. You know, it's great to have those action items. But who's going to clean the closet? Right. Is it going to be the same old person that cleaned the closet, you know, six months ago? Or is it a new self, a new person? Is this going to be an opportunity for you to practice and integrate and bring this into your life? Right. You're going to have that phone call with somebody who's going to be the one who's talking on the phone. Is it going to be the old patterns, the old self, or is this an opportunity to really practice? So that's a big difference. That's a big piece with the incorporation. It's not about an action item list. It's it's about a, a who you're going to be. You know, an, a, a practice list, an opera rehearsal opportunity. So, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, those, and I think those rehearsal opportunities are really important for who do you want to be and how, and all these small little ways in life, right? Like cleaning your closet. How are you going to integrate it into that? Uh, so, Michael, that that's, yeah. is all really fantastic. I love it. And as I mentioned, I'm feeling very inspired. But I also want to take some time to kind of focus in on some of your services. Um, and I know that you're, you're yeah. mostly training coaches and whatnot, and there's a lot to that. There's the yeah. business aspect of it. There's learning all this great knowledge that you've accumulated for decades. Um, if you want to kind of go browse over that with kind of just uh, some broad sure. strokes of what that service looks like, especially for if someone yeah. uh, in the listening audience is feeling as inspired as me at the moment. Yeah, great. Well, um, yeah, so so the main um, service really is our Nature Connected Coaching Certification Training, like I mentioned before, which is a accredited um professional coach certification with, that is very focused on this idea of collaborating with nature. It's a very unique training. Um, you know, when I developed it, it was developed around nature connection, not it was, and then coaching kind of fit in around that rather than I'm going to create a coaching program. I was creating a guide program, you know, and actually from from nature connected coaching, our students can take the next step and become a transformational wilderness guide. And that then really is for folks who are looking to take their clients 
or groups into more of remote wilderness locations to have powerful personal change. Um, the, the certification program is a year long, minimum a year long. It takes a year long to really get through it. It's 12 learning modules um, and it's cohort based. So you go through it as a cohort. We do offer it online, entirely online and also in person. Um, and um, that just includes so much mentoring. Um, you know, people come into that program with this idea of, I think I want to be a coach. I think I want to do this kind of work. I feel really connected to it. It calls me. I'm not quite sure what I want to do with this. And I think that over the years, I've discovered that this certification program is more about answering that question than anything else, helping people really get clear about what their vision is, what they're called to do with this kind of work. So we train them in how to do it and um, and how to be a, like a really powerful guide um, and, uh, and, and mentor them along the way. So there's tremendous amount of mentoring within the program. Every student has a, a, a mentor, a, a personal mentor who is paid to be your individual support kind of, you know, coach slash academic advisor, um, you know, slash uh, a teacher's assistant in a way that is, um, you know, really helping you harness and lock into your personal and professional goals through the program. Um, so that's huge right there. Um, and then we have a uh, business mentoring because, you know, our students come into this and, I would say 98, if not more percent of the program of the students that come in, they want to have a career doing this. They're not just doing it for their own kind of self-discovery. They want to actually make a living doing this. And so we put a ton of focus on helping people with that and be learning entrepreneurial skills. Um, we call them soulpreneurial skills, you know, for the most part, you know, us nature people, <laughs> me included, don't have all this business training. I'm always like, you know, wish that I had in college, you know, did some business education, but that all happened. You know, now I feel like I probably have a PhD in business <laughs> development from, <laughs> from running a business for this many years. But um, that is, um, that's a huge piece of this is helping students do. So we, so throughout the entire program, our students are going to get business mentoring um, that's in group and one on ones with me. Um, but then up to a year postgraduate, um, that's also included in their tuition that that they're going to continue to get a year of business coaching and mentoring after that, because we want you to be successful. We want you to be to, to get clients, to, to make money, to do this, to, to have the impact that you want to have on the world. Um, so there's that. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, in, in, in addition to all that, um, we've got all sorts of ways for students to practice. So we've got ongoing practice groups that are happening where you can continue to practice your, your coaching skills and get feedback. A lot of direct feedback. Everything is very experiential learning 
There's lectures, of course, but it's all like, let's get your hands into this and really understand it, really practice it, get a lot of direct feedback from instructors and mentors. Um, and then we have, so that's the Nature Connected Coaching Certification Program. Of course, there's a lot more to it. Um, and then we also have another training program that we're really excited about. We started launching this a couple of years ago. It's, it's Nature Connected Leadership. So if you think of Nature Connected Coaching as people who are really inspired to help other people discover their purpose and vision in the world, Nature Connected Leadership is about discovering that for yourself and learning and, and, and becoming an inspiration to others. So not necessarily I'm going to coach and guide others, but I want to be more of an inspiration to my teams, to, to the you know, people, I, to my family, um, to my work environment, that kind of thing. I want to I have more of an impact in the world and on my communities. And so um, that's Nature Connected Leadership. And that is um, starts off, it's kind of a couple of different levels to it, but it starts off with a, um, a seven-week training. And um, both of those courses are actually coming up this, this fall. So in September, we are starting a new cohort through Nature Connected Leadership. And in October, we're starting a new cohort within Nature Connected Coaching. Um, and... So we also have all sorts of different programs that we offer in addition to the current students, you know, development type programs and refresher programs and so forth. Um, and we offer the Wilderness Quests. Like I mentioned, that, that's something that happens a couple times a year. And we do offer one-on-one -on -one individual coaching too. So that's wow. the bulk of, of the services that we offer. Um, and yeah, thanks for asking. Well, Michael, it's, it's, it's very palpable how much you care about seeing people's success. Um, it, it, is, it is extremely palpable. And I love that you're so committed to that, that, you know, for the nature connected coaching, you offer up to a year of postgraduate mentoring and whatnot. Um, the way that you design your curriculum to be more hands-on where they're rehearsing, they're practicing and kind of that applicatory type of approach to education versus lecturing, lecturing, you know, it has an effect to a degree, but it, that applicatory type of um, education where people are using their new knowledge or applying their new knowledge, and then they're getting critiqued to develop their skills. Um, that is something that, yeah. that's so important. That's, that's how um, a lot of my education was going through the PhD and my master's degree uh, was doing research and getting critiqued. And then, you know, you, you, you optimize more and yeah. more and you get better and better at it. And so uh, it's great. Everything that you mentioned, uh, I was really fascinated with. And with the Nature Connected Leadership, what type of people are typically drawn to that the most? Are they certain types yeah. of professionals? Um, you know, that's who we are, um, you know, targeting and marketing to is more our folks that are um, professionals. But we we do, we it also does bring in um, you know, people who are in light, uh, some kind of transition change, like, uh, you know, career change of some kind. Um, it could be a, uh, a, a more of a, a personal life change where now I'm starting to reevaluate what I'm doing and what I really care about. And um, but but it's always from that lens of leadership rather than 
I mean, it is this personal transformation type of training, but it is, it, it's more focused on um, where you're going to go with this versus um, let's, you know, let's help you unpack some of these changes that are going on in your life. So um, really around, you know, connecting deeply to nature and yourself um, and starting to really tune into vision and, 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 and direction and creating something from that. We really want the students to create something, a way, a, a, an opportunity to bring themselves more into the world, whatever that looks like. It could be, um, you know, doing something with your kids differently, or it could be um, inviting your, the team of people that you're managing and working with, um, you know, to, to interact with nature, interact in, in a new way that, it, you know, inspires them to, to be more connected to their direction, more connected to their purpose in the world. Yeah. And yeah, I think being more connected to their purpose is, is going to strengthen their relationships. Um, and they're going to see that. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So if people want to look up EBI, their, uh, Earth-Based Institute, um, where do they find more information? Um, earthbasedinstitute.org. Okay, nice. And is there a hyphen in there or anything yeah. like that? Nope. Nope. It's just all one word. Okay. Nope. So www.earthbasedinstitute.com. Dot org. Dot org. Sorry. www.earthbasedinstitute.org. Yeah. You would, you'd end up there. You'd end up there with dot, dot com, but it's dot org. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, gosh, Michael, is there any last concluding thoughts that you'd like to share with the listening audience or have we kind of hit everything? Oh, geez. I can, I mean, you, you could tell that I could talk for hours, right? But you know your um, stuff. It's, I, know. You're great. I really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been a fantastic guest. Um, your level of knowledge is very, very expansive. Um, and so it was fantastic to hear your explanations and to learn more about the Earth-Based Institute. Um, I've already said it, I think three times on this episode, but I'm feeling very inspired. So thank you for passing that to me and energizing me. Um, it's, it's been great. And I also will repeat myself again, um, your, your sincerity and just interest of wanting to help people is very palpable. And I think that's, that's really fantastic. I appreciate that. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Well, Michael, thank you so much. I'm going to put on the outro music and we'll call it an episode. All right. <laughs>